0: Thanks guys, y'all can be seated. If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, uh, hold up your hand, the ushers have extra Bibles, we'd be glad to let you use one of ours, and let's turn to a couple of places, Acts, the uh, fourth chapter to start with. We began some weeks ago on um, a series, this is our main text, and in the beginning Days of the church, this is just Acts 4, so you understand not too much time has passed since from Acts 2 to Acts 4, the Holy Spirit came and they were filled and and uh, the church is off to a glorious start and, and miracles are happening, lame man at the gate called beautiful, got healed, but then they, the persecution really began to come on uh, after that healing and The apostles got called before the religious elders and they threatened them and beat them and commanded them never to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. Now, you can sure see who's behind that, can't you? I mean, who but the devil didn't want you to say anything about Jesus. But they did not back down. They went back after they were beaten and everything and they prayed, Lord, give us boldness. No, he's not going to quit preaching it. Give us boldness to preach this more Hallelujah. and stronger, and give us some more of those miracles. Yes. Man, we like that. Stretch forth your hand, and God was so pleased with their prayer and their response, He shook the building Hallelujah. where they were. Amen. You know when you when you raise your hand and shake and go glory to God, Amen. That's one thing. But when God does it, <laughs> I reckon the building shakes. So, uh, anyhow. The, here in, in this fourth chapter now, we see an overview statement of what's going on in the church. In Acts 4 and 33. Acts 4, 33, it says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace... Was upon them all. There's power. In the preaching and teaching of Jesus. And the glorious victory. Of the resurrection. And great grace. Was upon them all. Say that out loud with me. That last phrase. And great Great grace. Was upon them all. all. Say it again. And great great grace. Was upon them all all oh, up on them something was on them and not just on a few of the apostles and prophets on them all from the leader to the person that got saved yesterday great grace not just grace but great grace what does this mean how how would you experience this the, without turning there, Proverbs 19.12 says this. Proverbs 19.12 says, The king's wrath is as the roaring of a lion, but his favor. How many know we have the king of kings? His favor is what? Is as dew upon the grass. Well, dew can be so light You could barely discern it or it can be so heavy that it was like there was a rain and it's just dripping off of stuff. Well, apparently grace is like that. The same word translated grace is oftentimes translated favor. Same word. And so grace, favor was on the whole group and apparently it was like dew on them. Something was on them. Grace. Now, we've found already from previous parts of the study that there are different degrees of the grace of God. Well, you should know that by the word great. If there's great grace, there could be another degree of grace. And the scripture says in... uh, James 4, 6, don't turn to these places. It said God gives more grace. Uh, The Bible said Jesus himself increased in favor with God and man. And the Bible said concerning Mary, she was highly favored. That's a, a great degree of grace. John talks about this. It says of his fullness did we all receive. This is John 1 And grace over against grace. The Amplified says one grace after another. Spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Favor upon favor. Gift heaped upon gift. God layers his grace. You can have grace on you. But he can put another layer of grace. And another layer of grace. And you can have grace upon you. Until you have great grace. Well how would that affect you? If you were operating in 30% more grace. Next month. Than you did this month. Would you know it? How would you discern it? Experience it? Grace is real. The grace of God. For one thing. Uh, we quoted this earlier in the service, "Come to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help, so among other things, our grace is our help, isn't it? What if you had more divine help next month than you had this month? Would you be interested in that would you Would you care to have more help? What it means anything of any merit or value that you and I have been able to accomplish, any fruit that's been produced, any success, I assure you has been by the grace of God. You know, Paul said this, he said, I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God. It was the grace, he said, that enabled me to get more results, to get more done. Are you interested in being more productive and and getting more done. So if you had 50% more grace in your life, if you had twice the grace you've been operating, if you had 10 times the grace that you previously been operating in, how would that affect you? For one thing, things that you had done, but it was hard, it was difficult, it was a struggle, would now be easy. And things that you had not been able to do previously, you would now be able to do. And things that you had come short of and fallen and failed in, you would now be able to overcome and put it behind you. With enough grace, you can receive any blessing. There's no miracle too big for you to receive with enough grace. So that's what I thought it was faith. It is, but it's by grace through faith. They work together. You wouldn't even know that you're supposed to have faith if it wasn't for grace. And you would have never heard the word that gave you the faith if it hadn't been for the grace of God to give you the word and put you in a place where you could hear the word and get to faith. Are you all with me now? With enough grace You can receive any healing, any financial miracle. With enough grace, you can overcome any temptation. What would more grace in your life... More grace in your life could mean that the area that you have failed and fallen in repeatedly, you could now rise up and put it behind you and not fall that way anymore. With enough grace, you can overcome any addiction. You can resist any temptation. We're going to get into that some a little bit today. Are you interested in more grace? Yes. Greater grace. Psalm 19.58 might be your prayer then. Psalm 119.58. I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. Said out loud, Father, I seek. Father, I, I, seek. I, desire. I desire. I ask for, I ask for. more grace. For Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. More grace. In uh, Psalms, if you'd turn there. Psalm. Let's see. Let's look in Psalm 1. Psalm 89. We asked two questions. One was, what is grace? What is it? And then secondly, What's our part in obtaining more? What do we need to do? What do we need to change to receive more grace? One big thing we learned about what grace and favor is, in Exodus, Moses talking to the Lord, he said, if I've found grace in your sight and favor, he said, pled with him that he would go with him and be with him. And the Lord said, I will go with you. And my presence will go with you, be with you, and I will give you rest. And so his favor on us is his presence with us. His grace upon us is his presence with us. And of course, the scripture said in his favor is life, in his presence is fullness of joy. Everything he is is in his presence. And so you could break it down into a lot of different smaller parts. But the big part is, it's his presence. You're involved in a situation, and you're not doing so hot in it. And all at once, his presence comes on your mind, and you just are sharp as a tack. And you just see things clear as a bell, and you just rip right through it. It's not because you're so amazing. It's because you got some more grace. Hmm. More grace. And uh, you're in a situation and you're just kind of running out of gas. And and you're feeling tired and weak and all at once. Here comes some strength up inside you. You're just recharged and refired, and You just attack this thing and knock it out. And you go, glory to God, next. Well, don't be confused. What can you do in your own strength? Who are you without Him? It was His grace. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord for, your grace. for your grace. So his presence manifested being with us. We come into a situation and people think they don't even like folks like us, Bible thumpers, tongue talkers, you know, and they're all ready to just show us the door. And then all at once they look at us again and think, hmm, I kind of like them, and they just usher us in and, and let us be apart part and, and help us to do what needs to be done. That's because we didn't just come in by ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord was with us and his presence actually went before us and prepared the way. Now, here's something very important. How many have ever asked the Lord for favor? You've asked him for favor and maybe to go before, give you favor with people that you need to deal with. And go before and prepare the situation. Do you know it's possible to ask that and get it and then mess it up? Did you know that? You come into a place and act like a heathen. And you get mad and you lose your temper. And you make accusations and and you get upset. and, And you get bent out of shape and you do stuff that you shouldn't do. Even though the Lord was dealing with them... To give you favor, they're still human. And you come in and act like that, they can think, well, forget it. I'm not messing with them. And you can actually mess up your own favor. So we must continue to walk in faith and love all the time and believe that God's working for us, whether we see it or we don't. And not mess up what He's doing. Stay steady, stay in faith, stay sweet. I'm looking for some sweet smiles across the crowd. <laughs> stay sweet. Stay nice. No matter how other people act or do, do you want your favor? Yeah. Then stay in faith. Yeah. Faith puts no pressure on other people. Amen. Say that out loud. Faith, faith puts, puts no, no pressure, pressure on, other. on other If my faith is in God to take care of me, then I'm not going to put pressure on you to pay me. Pressure on you to do something for me. I'm looking to Him. It doesn't have to come through you. Whether you're supposed to do it or not is beside the point. If it didn't come that way, it can come another way. My faith is in Him. And oh, it's such freedom when you really get your eyes on Him and you quit pulling on other people. So much trouble in homes and marriages would be eliminated because, see, husbands and wives pull on each other. You know, give me this. Do this for me. Do that for me. I need this from you. I need this. That's acting like an unsaved person. Yeah. Yeah. that's right. Well, I got to have, well, I need this. Well, I need that. That's why so many people get in such a desolate wilderness place in a relationship. If everybody's hollering, give me, give me. I need, I need. And nothing's being given. There's nothing to receive. Right. That's right. right. Come on. Your spouse doesn't have anything to give to you unless the Lord gives it to them and He's given it to you through them. So you're still getting it from Him. Right. Come on, are you listening? As some things, you can get straight from Him. Just Well, they're not doing it. Well, just get it straight from Him. And stay happy and stay in faith And walk in love and he will turn things around. He will give you favor in every situation. But you get mad, you get bitter, you get angry, you start demanding and pulling, you can mess up your own favor. So let's not do it, right? Did you find Psalm 89? Is that what it was? Psalm 89. We asked the question, what is the favor? What is the grace? We answered it a little bit. We'll do so more as we go along. But let's get into the second question. What must we do to get more favor? Uh, We don't need to work on God's part. He's faithful. You don't have to remind him to be faithful. You don't have to plead with, you don't have to talk him into something that was his idea. And favor is his idea and grace. But uh, obviously some are more favored than others. Some are walking in greater grace than others. Why? God's not unfair. He's not unjust. They must be doing some things differently and other than uh, what these folk that are less favored are doing. What's our part? Let's get into that. In uh, Psalm 89, we begin to see one part. 89 and 17. He says, For you are the glory of their strength, and in your favor our horn shall be exalted. Now that's promotion. That's coming up to a, another place, exalted. God's word translation, verse 17, says, By your favor you give us victory. By your favor you give us victory. Why do you win? Because you were favored. Why do you reach the success? Because you were favored. And listen to the complete Jewish Bible. For you yourself are the strength in which they glory. Our power grows by pleasing you. Now the other ones we're talking about using the word favor. Favor. And here he says power. Well that is favor. He's also talking about power of influence. Grows by what? Pleasing you. Here is one of the first main things I want us to get. How can I initiate a grace increase in my life? What can I do to cause favor to come stronger on me than before? Please him. Please him more. You'll be favored more. Please him better. You'll be graced greater. Are you interested, friends? Yes. Look in, uh, uh, in Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16, this is a verse I've quoted for years, just pretty often. I'll just say it out loud. Proverbs 16:7. it says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Do you like that? The BBE translation says, When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his haters be at peace with him. People that hate you, people that are your enemy, want to hurt you, but they just don't. They just take a vacation from bothering you for a while. Why? Why? Not just, not necessarily because they want to. Because the Lord is making them. He makes. Now it didn't necessarily say they had become your friends. It did call them your enemies. They're still called your enemies. But they just are have other fires to put out. They just have other folks to fight and fuss with. And for some reason they just don't get around to you. They still don't like you. Still got you on their list, but maybe another time and months turn into years. And if you just keep pleasing the Lord, pleasing the Lord. Do you believe this verse or not? When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes, makes it to happen. Even their enemies to be at peace. Now this is contrary to what a lot of Christians believe. Why would you say that, Brother Key? You'll see in just a moment as I explain it that so many people believe the opposite of this. They believe if you really sell out to obey God, then you're going to have more trouble out of your enemies than you've ever had before. You ever heard anything like that? I don't know how many preachers I've had tell me, I say, oh man, Brother Key, I tell you, we, we went to build that new building. And we never had so much. We never had trouble like that before. And, I, and the other preachers around just nod their head and go, yeah, I don't mean same thing with me, man. It's just, yeah, you really step out to obey God. Watch out. You're going to have more enemy trouble than you ever. That does not agree with this. That is a belief that even a lot of faith people and charismatics have come to embrace and hold. But it's not what the scripture says. I believe this. Amen. I confess this. Can you say amen? Amen. Psalm 41 says this. Psalm 41.10 says, Lord, be merciful to me. Raise me up. Verse 11. Verse 11, he says, by this I know that you favor me. By what? Because my enemy does not triumph over me. He said, that's a sure sign. You're favoring me. Your favor is on me. Your grace is on me. Because my enemy. Is not beating me. He's not triumphing over me. The Lord's making him. Be at peace with me. Whether he wants to or not. He, I mean. How many know that. If somebody is living ungodly. And acting ungodly. If they're fighting God. And the people of God. They can have plenty of problems besides you. To keep them busy. right. Hmm? You know, this we've already talked about this, but this involves grace in every area. In Ecclesiastes 7, you don't have to turn there, but listen to this. Ecclesiastes 7 and 26. He said, I find more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets and her hands as bands. Now, he went into this in Proverbs as well as Ecclesiastes, about women, and there's some men like this too, that actively go after other people's spouses. and You know, there are people that just want to prove nobody can resist my charms. Nobody can I'm so good looking, I'm so amazing, I can seduce anybody, and they just destroy families and just, you know, and don't care. But notice the next phrase. In Ecclesiastes 7, 26. But whoso pleases God shall what? Escape from her. But the sinner shall be taken by her. Can you see that somebody that pleases God could have grace to resist a temptation that other people did not? While other people just failed and and fell and, and ruined things? The grace of God caused them to be strong? Amen. Amen. The Bible said there is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful Amen. with the temptation. He'll make a way of escape. Yes. Do you believe there is a way out yes. of every trap yes. that the enemy would lay for you? Thank you Father. But the way out is grace. It's grace that there is a way out. But if you don't please the Lord, if you, you know, you're a taker and a user yourself, and you don't please Him, and you don't care about pleasing Him, then you will fall, and you will succumb to the temptations, and you will fail the test, because you didn't have grace to stand. Do you believe with enough grace, you can resist any temptation? With enough grace... You could resist any temptation. You could miss any trap that the enemy would lay for you. And when you are successful and you didn't give in and you didn't yield and you didn't fall and you didn't mess up, don't you go off and and stick your chest out and act like you're so amazing. It was grace. If you stood where somebody else fell, it was grace. But here's the great thing. If you please God, you're going to get more of this grace to stand. When a man's ways please the Lord, he gets involved in making you enemies, leave you alone. Glory. Man, if we really believe this, then we get up every morning, open our eyes and go, oh, I got to please God. I got to please God all day long. Why? Because if I do, if I will, I'll be protected. I'll be kept. I'll be graced in everything I do. My mind, my heart, my soul, my body, my life. The Lord will show me the traps. I'll be graced to get over them and around them and not fall and not fail. And we can have victorious day after victorious day after victorious day by the grace i God! got with enough grace. We can win every day. Amen. Who gets more grace? Tell me again. Who gets greater grace? Those who please him. That please the Lord. Go with me to the gospel account of John, please. Gospel account of John. Do you believe Jesus walked in great favor? And great grace. Ha. <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. You see it at every turn. You know, talking about the enemies, there's more than once his enemies wanted to kill him on the spot, tried to kill him on the spot, and they could not touch him. That's the kind of grace he's walking. He just looked at them in the eye and just walked right by them. And not a thing. They, could, they couldn't even touch him. And they want to kill him bad. And they just can't seem to get a hold of him and do it. He just walked away. He said, no man can take my life from me. That's the kind of grace he walked in. Nobody can touch me. I lay it down. And he demonstrated it. You know, when they came for him at the last. And he said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus, he said, I told you I am. And when he said it, man, they all fell back and and hit the floor. So who's taking who? You know what I mean? He let them take him. He let them take him. Thank God he did. If he hadn't let them take him, you and I wouldn't be saved. He walked in tremendous grace. Favor. He was always at the right place at the right time. Everything they needed was already prepared. He'd tell them, Go over here and you'll find already set up and prepared upper room ready for our little meeting tonight. Go over here and there's the donkey, he's ready to go. Go over ah, go over here, there's tax money in the fish's mouth, just ready to go. Grace, grace did they live a graced life walking and living with him Joy and peace, healings and miracles, morning, noon and night, grace, grace, grace. But at the very beginning of his ministry, do you know what it was marked by? He came up out of the River Jordan. The Bible said the Spirit of God came on him in a bodily shape and form as a dove. And the Father spoke out of heaven. Tell me what he said. What did he say? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well Please, I am well pleased. I am well pleased. And the Bible said Jesus had the Spirit without measure. How much grace was on him? How much did he please the Father? Is there any connection here? In John 8, 29, Jesus said, He that sent me is with me. Now let's go back to what we've already learned. What is the favor and grace of God? It's the presence of God with you. He said, my presence will go with you and give you rest. And that was an expression of his favor that they had asked for. So everywhere, why couldn't those guys grab him and hurt him when they wanted to? Because the presence of the Almighty was with him and around him. He's operating as a man, even though he is the son of God, but the presence of the almighty was such they couldn't touch him. Why would all those guys fall back to the ground when he said, I am he? Because the presence of God, the presence of the almighty, right? The presence he said, he that sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone for everybody say for. for. Now, what does for mean? These conditions exist. Because there's a connection here. For is a connector. His presence is with me. For I do always those things that please Him. Why don't you say that phrase out loud? I do always those things that please Him. What was Jesus doing in the morning? Pleasing, whatever was pleasing to the Father. What did he do in the afternoon? What did he do in the evening? What did he do on Thursdays? What did he do on Saturdays? Pleasing. All the time. Not just there were times when he pleased the Father. Right. Every day, every night. He pleased the Father all the time. As a result, the presence and grace was on him without measure. All the time. Somebody say, please him. Please Please him. Now, people will read that and they will, yeah, but you know, Brother Keith, that's Jesus. Jesus. He could do that. And I'm not Jesus. We already knew you weren't Jesus. What does that mean? See, there's a lot of problems with that attitude. That's an implication that he did it. And it was no problem for him, cause he's the son of God, and it was just easy for him. He don't know what it's like to be me. But no, I'm not Jesus, and it ain't that easy for me. That's not true. He did not do what he did with some unfair advantage over you, and then tell you to do it like me. Yeah, but I'm not the son of God. Yeah, I know, but I said do it like me anyway. That wouldn't be reasonable. That he did what he did as God and then tell us to do it and we're not God. Did he say, He that believes on me, the works he'll do also? And greater works than I do? He said, He that says he abides in me ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Can we walk just like the Master? Is it possible? Only if he walked as a man. But if he did it as a man by the power of the Spirit and grace on his life, and he would give us the same Spirit and grace us in like manner, we can see the glorious possibility of walking and operating like him. Somebody say glory to God. God. Jesus had a will separate from the Father. Think about the garden. Where he prayed. Oh father. If there's any way. All things are possible with you. And if there's any way. Let this cup pass from me. Does he want to do what's in front of him right now? No. What's he going to say? Nevertheless. Not my will. But your will. So they must be different. We know about the cross. The terrible agony of crucifixion. And scourging and those things. But when Jesus is praying this prayer and he's sweating blood, he's not, as bad as it was, he's not just looking at the physical pain of the crucifixion. He's seeing in the spirit. He's seeing that all the terrible, ugly, awful sin and death and curse of all generations, past, present and future of mankind is going to converge Together at one time. On his spotless sinless being. And he's not just going to sympathize with it. He became sin. With our sin. That's why when it happened. He cried out. My God why have you forsaken me. Because he was treated. As sin. And judged. As sin. We have little idea of the real agony of what happened to him in spirit. And he he's never sinned. He's never been separated from the Father. He's nothing but perfection. And his sinless, spotless being is recalling from that. And he's saying, Father, if there's any other way, but what did he come back to? Nevertheless, not my will... Is there something in him that is stronger than his own desire for his own life? Or what is it? To please the Father. One of the last things he said, he said that the world may know that I love the Father. Here I go. That's a Keith Moore paraphrase. Here I'm going to lay my life down so the world may know. Why? I'm going to please him. No matter what, no matter what it cost me, no matter what I thought I wanted to do, I'm going to please him. Did he do it? Yes. He did it. He's our hero. Yes. <laughs> Don't you want to be just like him? Yes. You know, I began to see this some years ago. I remember, now you may laugh, think this is funny, but I was sitting at a signal. in actually in Tulsa, Oklahoma, waiting for it to change. It was red. And I had a revelation it just hit me. I was in the car by myself. It dawned on me with such clarity. God is smarter than me. You might say, boy, Brother Keith, you didn't know that before. If you had asked me before, sure. But I saw it in a way. What do you mean? He made me. He knows what is right for me so much better than I'll ever know. He He knows what makes me click. He knows what I'm graced for, what I'm not, what I'm made for, what I'm not. I need to trust that he's smarter than me. And I need to believe that what he says is right for me is right for me. And the phrase that Jesus said that's in the Old Testament and is a quote of his as well. He said, I delight to do thy will. God, And I begin to see that is a statement of will. See, he's not feeling wonderful and glad in the garden, sweating blood, when he says, not my will, but your will be done. But it is an act of his will. And you can say, I delight to do your will, oh God. I live to please you. I do always those things that please you. And I saw, I don't have to feel like it. I don't have to see it. I don't have to understand it. I can choose to delight to do his will. And I can change in a moment. That was when I said God is smarter than me. I saw all that (laughs) in that phrase. And I begin to see if there's something that. I've always thought I wanted to do, or I've thought that this is what I want or what I want to be a part of or whatever, and i I press to it, and the Lord says, no, I don't want you to do that. I delight to do his will,, so as an act of my will, I just look at it and go, right now that you say it, I don't like it either. you don't like it, I don't like it, and even though my head is going that's what we always wanted to do, say shut up, shut up, you don't know he's smarter than you or by the other hand if there's something that you think oh that's not me oh no that's not mm -mm, no no and he says that's what I want you to do then you can look at it and go right just now realize that yes if you like it I like it if that's what you say I'm supposed to do and be then that is me hello new me this is it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That was me in pastoring. I didn't think that was my call. I was busy doing other things and happy in it, and uh, you know was just sure. I, I respected the pastoral ministry and call, but I was just sure that wasn't my call. That wasn't my ministry. And some people had asked me about it in times past, and we were all agreed. Oh no, he's not a pastor. And they said, No, you're not a pastor. And and. And so that was settled, you know. And then the Lord dealt with me. I want you to pastor in Branson. I thought, huh? What? And then I realized, get a hold. Oh, yeah. Brother Pastor Keith. That's me. And it has been one of the most glorious things that I've ever been a part of. Getting to know you. Getting to be a part with you. Thanks. What Now, now what if I would thought I was smarter? I'd admit what would I have missed? So much. You get to think, well, no, no, I'm, that's not me. No, I'm sorry, but no, that's I, that's not me. I've never, just because you've never done it or you've never been it doesn't mean you can't be it. That's right. i just all you are what you've become, not what you have to be. You're not locked and limited to what you are right now unless you won't receive anything else. Unless you want to be stubborn and hard-headed and think you're smarter than Him. Do you believe that you can have such a heart that you delight to do His will? That He shows you something and it's 180 degrees different from what you always thought. Can you get a hold of yourself? Can you say, oh Lord, you like it? I like it. If you say that's me, that's me. I've always liked fast cars. And, of course, the louder and brighter, the better. And I had this yellow one. Man, I mean, you could see it coming five miles down the road. In your face, yellow. And and I was getting in it one day, and we were at a conference, and the pastor was coming out. And he said, is that your car, Brother Keith? And I said, yeah. He said, oh, that's not you, Brother Keith. That's not you. I said, yeah, it is. (laughs) If the Lord says, it's you, it's you, I don't care what kind of preconception or what other folks told you you were or were not. If he says, it's you, it's you, that's me. Say out loud. I delight to do thy will. Oh, God. Amen. Come on, can you see it, friends? Can you initiate an increase? In the grace of God upon you. In the favor of God going before you and behind you and around you. Can you, you initiate an increase? How? Pleasing him more. You please him better. You please him more. And it starts with a desire in you. Do you have such a desire? Stand on your feet everybody let's express it to the Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Just close your eyes. Reach your heart up towards Him. Say it out loud, Father God, God, forgive me me. for for doing anything that has displeased you. Forgive me me for any and all all. disobedience, Disobedience. rebellion, Rebellion, stubbornness. stubbornness. I choose choose your will, your will, will. not my will, will. but your will will. be done. done. I ask that you reveal to me me throughout my whole life. my daily routines, my my home life, my my work life, my church life, life, recreation, recreation. anything Anything that displeases you you, in any of these areas, areas, help me to see it. Help me to to realize it. it. I'm willing to change it I want, I want it changed. Show me, Show me what pleases You. What pleases you. I, delight I delight to do Your will, to do your will o, God. o God. Thank You, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge,